Alright, welcome back to the Shardbreaker podcast. Uh, this week we are going over chapters 23 to 27 of the Well of Ascension. Uh, and I believe this is the last of the chapters of part two. Next we will be starting part three of the book. Um, just a little heads up, Darkness may have some background noise, because unfortunately we're not doing this on our normal day. Uh, it, it, it's just going to be for today. Uh, just deal with it. <laughs> Too bad. We want darkness here, so we're, we're making do. Right, darkness? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so I'm Midnight. I'm here with Mythic. Hello. And darkness. Hello. Uh, and yeah, we're going to start off with chapter 23, uh, which, as I said, uh, these chapters, uh, starting with, I think, one or two of the last week's chapters, uh, are just now statements about the Hero of Ages. Uh, so this one is, the Terrace rejected him, but he came to lead them. Uh, so why do you think the Terrace would reject someone? I mean, there could be many reasons, but... Maybe it betrayed their, like, you know, whatever religious aspect they have. Because, uh, you know, I had this, like, they're going on that their religious stuff was, like, a big part of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, it's a possibility. I mean, it could be a lot of things. Maybe, uh, maybe they, um... I don't know, maybe they killed somebody that, you know, wasn't supposed to be killed, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. They held it against him, because he did say he did, he did like, you know, a bunch of sh- shit that he didn't like, you know, people that he had to fight and shit, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's that's our epilogue, very short. I think a bunch of them are going to be short for the next couple. Yep. Uh, so yeah, so we start this chapter with Ellen listening to Sazed uh, explain Jastis Lekel's army of Kolos. So Ellen believes that the 20,000 Kolos is likely to be more dangerous than Straff's 50,000 men. The crew are all also in the kitchen where the discussion is taking place. Uh, Spook is the only one not sitting at the table as everyone else. Instead, he's flirting unsuccessfully with one of the kitchen girls. Because of course he is. Unsuccessfully. Yeah, unsuccessfully. Ellen asks Sazed how Lord Lekel controls the Kolos, but Sazed doesn't know. It's also mentioned how within a day of the Lord Ruler dying, all the Kolos started rampaging. Set got some under control for a time, but then they attacked his army, and he lost 2,000 men trying to kill just 500 Kolos. The group notes that Lord Lekel is likely waiting to get closer, as an army of Kolos may cause Set and Straff to join forces against it. So what do you think about how dangerous these Kolos are? Well, supernatural. To be fair, we kind of had a feeling they were super dangerous, so... Yeah, I just kind of confirmed, like, exactly how dangerous they are here. Do we know what perspective the first part of the thing was in? The ep- epigraph, you mean? Yeah. Uh, I can go through the last few epigraphs if you want. Because it said, I don't remember like, I don't remember quite cr- clearly, but like, right there it says him, so I don't know if it's him as in the speaker or him as in like, the subject of the prophecy. Yeah, yeah so basically uh, him him discussing these these facts starts with the chapter 20 epigraph. Which uh, states, it wasn't until a few years later that I began to notice the signs. I knew the prophecies. I am a terrorist world bringer after all. And yet not all of us are religious men. Some, such as myself, are more interested in other topics. However, during my time with Elendi, I cannot help but become more interested in the anticipation. He seemed to fit the signs so well. And then it gives the signs, which are, he was born of a humble family, yet married the daughter of a king. Uh, he would trade words with the finest philosophers and had an impressive memory, nearly as good as my own, yet he was not argumentative. 
and then the one we just read, which is the terrorists rejected him, but yet he came to lead them. So this is this is Quan discussing the signs that uh, were in the prophecies that said, which is why he's like, oh, Elendi's the hero of ages, because he fits these signs from the prophecies. I feel like Darkness is brewing a theory here. <laughs> Probably. Uh, I am. Yeah. All right. Uh, where was it? So, uh, yeah, any more thoughts about the, how, the Kolos, or should I continue? Keep going. Okay. Uh, it's briefly mentioned that the meeting with Straff has been set for a few days from now, and that the Assembly wasn't happy Ellen hadn't consulted them. The topic then moves on to Says mentioning the mists. Ham thinks that it's just fog because it's autumn, but Says says mist and fog are different. Then explains that the mists are thicker and move in larger patterns like a river. It also evaporates as soon as it enters a building or tent. So what are your thoughts on that? How like the mist like moves in these large patterns, is thick, and it evaporates as soon as it enters any sort of like structure. Vampires. <laughs> it can't enter a building without permission. Do you have any thoughts on the mist darkness? I'm just trying to figure out how it all ties in, considering the fact that they're also coming earlier. Yeah. Uh, so it says yeah, vampire. Vampire hmm? seems about right, though. Yeah. <laughs> so the message shows a vampire. Good to know. Uh-huh, uh, or a large uh-huh. group of vampires. Who knows? Uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So what it, it does, it sets the life force out of people. So yeah. Yeah. Totally. Uh, so it said no that Sayus hadn't eaten yet, even though he hasn't eaten all day. Finn says Sayus doesn't have to be a servant anymore, and he says it's about politeness, not serving. Ellen then insists that Sayus is among friends and to eat. Uh, so as Sayus begins to eat, he goes back to his invest. Uh, back to talk about his investigation of the mists, and tells them that they have been killing people. Breeze thinks that's impossible, but Sage insists he has gathered witness statements about the mists curling around people and causing seizures. He says that he believes it's related to the Lord Ruler, and that the mist dust seem to be moving inwards from the outer dominances. So that was a question I believe you had mythic previously, is did we know where the mists were coming from? So they're apparently all on the edges around the, the final empire, moving inwards towards Luthadel. Because Luthadel's in the center. Oh, Luthadel's in the center, yeah. But what edge did it start from? Uh, as far as you can tell, all the edges at once. Like it's like a basically like a giant circle surrounding the final empire. Think about it like darkness. Think about it like uh, Fortnite or all the all these battle royales. Yeah, or whatever. yeah. The, the the fog that's just slowly moving in until yeah. it's a small circle. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought of too. When the yeah, so that that's basically what's happening is it's like closing mm-hmm. in. So I'm assuming the farther you get out, the later the mist is staying. Yeah, and then if you go all the way out, the mist is just there. Yeah, we don't know. I don't know. Oh, that would make that would make a mistborn battle royale so fucking fun. <laughs> I mean, Kelsier so is in I, Fortnite. <laughs> I do have a small theory for this. All right. A small one. I'm excited to hear it. I I I don't know why, but I still wanted to have like stuff to do with the uh, the mounts. You know, like the astronauts. And I kind of went back to the maps just to see the layout and everything. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> the center is just, like, there's, like, there's, like, astronauts everywhere. <laughs> you know, like, all around it. So. Yeah, there's there's quite a, there's basically, like, a circle of ash mounts around, uh, like, kind of area. Yeah, 9, 10, 11. Sorry. Hmm? Uh, yeah, I had to um step away for a second. But, yeah. um, So, my theory there was that, like, you know, like, it's surrounded, and it's, like, a circle, like, you know, and then there's that center one. So I'm assuming, like, I don't know, what if, like, what if, like, that, you know, pool of water near the Well of Ascension or whatever mm-hmm. was connected through rivers and stuff, right? 
following the path to the Ashmounts. And then whatever happens between the river and the Ashmounts, that's where, like, the mist and, like, all the ash is coming from, right? I am going to say, unfortunately, there is at least one Ashmount that doesn't seem anywhere near a river. Theory broken. I'm sorry to tell you. I don't see that one. Uh, So if you go to the bigger map, not the small one, uh... I think it's technically number 11 on the smaller map, but the Fall East uh, Ashmount is decently far from any butter. It's kind of near a lake, but that lake doesn't seem connected to any rivers. Uh, and even call the calling uh, Ashmount is f- a fair distance from a river. I apologize if that breaks your theory. No, it's just hard. That's of just a theory. Because this other map, I see the same calling mountain and stuff. It's still near a river and stuff. It is, but I mean, remember the scale. Like, it's kind of, but it's, it's, if you consider the scale, it's like decently far. Yeah, but I'm assuming since you're like, not this ain't it, I was just, you know. I was just looking at the map, but I was, I was curious if you were right about all the Ashmounts being near rivers. There's definitely a good number of them. It could still be a theory, just as not every Ashmount is connected to them. Yeah, I was just wondering, because, um, even in, like, maps today, they don't always show how the rivers flow through stuff. Mm. So, mm. Just a theory. A <laughs> game theory. A book theory. <laughs> I know, but it just, I mean, the way they're, like, splayed out like that, it makes me feel like it should have something to do with it. You know? They are in an interesting circle around, mostly around this lake, but also Luthadel's kind of, like, close to the lake. So kind of around Luthadel at the same time. Yeah, and it's approaching from the edges, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's approaching from, like, the complete outside of the map. So, like, from, like, the ocean and, like, what's it called? The Crescent Dominance is outside of the Final Empire. And the Terrace Dominance. Like, places like that. It's, like, encroaching from, like, a circle from the outside. I don't know how far in it is at this point. I mean, we know it's at least... What was that city called that he'd been to? Was it Urlach? Or Urban, he's definitely been to, I believe. So it's at least a little bit in from the border of the uh, the Final Empire. Mm-hmm. And I also want to send that map again for Mythic just so he can review it, <laughs> since we've been talking about it for a bit now. Oh, I can just live in the dark, it's okay. I think he sent it in the past, but it's been quite a while since he sent the map, so... <laughs> Instead of having you scroll forever. It's okay, I can just live in the dark. <laughs> I have to send it to me or anything. <laughs> you getting it, Darkness? Yeah, it just takes a bit. Okay. Anyways, did you have anything else about that theory, or is it just that the it's coming because of the ash mounts and rivers? It has to do with either one of them, bro. <laughs> oh, there. There's the two maps. Or three maps. One's also Blue Fidel. We weren't really... But yeah. The first two maps were the two that we were referring to. Where are the ash mounts? So, the first one, uh, it lists everything. So, it's numbers 9 through 15 are ash mounts, and technically... Uh, 16 in the middle of the lake. There's also an ash mount. And then if you look at the if you look at the main map of the Final Empire, you can see them. They they all have names. Hmm. Okay. So yeah, so they do kind of make a circle in the kind of like in the middle. They kind of make a donut with like the outer ring of the donut being the the border of the Final Empire, and then the middle the the center ring being the like ash mounts. But yeah, so. Uh, Mythic, do you have any theories about why the mists are moving from the outer dominances inward? That darkness is They're moving from the Well of Ascension. That's all I have. They're coming for the Well? That's what I was thinking too at first. They're coming for the Well of Ascension. Yeah, that's why I asked where exactly on the edges started, but... 
Yeah, so it's coming from everywhere on the edges, as far as we know. So yeah, so we also get a... Oh, yeah, so this is something I want to know. So we get a brief mention of Breeze asking Says not to call him Lord Ladrian, and Says apologizing as he's used to calling people by their full names. So this is a note that um, Brandon didn't really get to put in the trilogy. Uh, they didn't really get to go into Breeze's backstory, but he's made uh, a note of it, and I thought I'd uh, let you guys know. So basically, Says is calling Breeze Lord Ladrian because Breeze is actually pretending to be Hofska, and he's actually a full nobleman. So he's technically a lesser nobleman, which is why no one's kind of, like, recognized him or gone looking for him. Uh, I don't think it's ever said where he's from. I'm assuming somewhere not near Luthadel. But his full name is uh, Edgard Ladrian. And yeah, he's a full-blood nobleman who uh, came to the underground for whatever reason and has been living, pretending to be a half-ska. And uh, I believe that uh, none of the crew know about that, except for maybe Sazed, because apparently he uh, mis accidentally, when he first started in the underground, he did use the name Ladrian, and then stopped and started using the name Breeze. Uh, and so there's very few people who know of it, and I think it's not been confirmed, but it's it's pretty much everyone assumes that uh, Kelsier definitely did not know, because he probably would not have been too happy with Breeze if he knew he was a full nobleman. That's why uh, yeah. Breeze is so uh, happy being wearing nobleman suits, and he likes his wine, and he's, yeah, he's a nobleman. Breeze is one of a kind, huh? So, yeah. Poor Breeze. So I don't think, uh, I think Sazed might be potentially the only person on the crew who knows. So yeah, that was just a little bit of Breeze information that I thought interesting to add in, since it doesn't really come up in any of the books. And this was kind of a good place to mention it. Uh, so yeah, so suddenly Alarian shows up, asking what is happening as she heard voices. She wasn't in her sleeping clothes, but her hair was disheveled. Once the group breaks up for the night, Vin mentions to Ellen that she doesn't trust Alarian, and Ellen agrees that she appeared to have seemed right out of bed intentionally. So, why do you think Alarian was spying on their meeting? Because she's the fucking thing. You think she's the Chandra? No, That's I, I don't. I think it's a red herring. I think it's a red herring. Hmm. I mean, she doesn't have to be a conjurer to potentially be a spy. I mean, she is, uh, she is the daughter of one of the the guys coming to attack. Still think it's a red herring. But... Mm. Do you have anything else to add there, Darkness? Um, not really. I mean, at first I thought she was the, you know, the thing. The conjurer. Uh, what's it called? Yeah, the conjurer. Yeah, but then like right later on, like when they were on the on the like on the ride to the story or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was like, nah, no way. Mm -hmm. uh, so Vin then says she's gonna, uh, going back out into the night and quickly gives Ellen to kiss. Uh, we then switch to Say's point of view as he is led up to the uh, to some guest chambers. He finds himself doubting himself about the mess as he had not seen the mess kill anyone himself. Inside the room, he is surprised to find Tindwell. He notes that she responded to his request and she replies that he ignored hers. Uh, Sazen mentions that Ellen is a good man and Tindwell responds that men, uh, good men can make terrible kings. Sage replies that bad men cannot make good kings, so it's better to start with a good man and work on everything else. Uh, Sage notes that, that mostly Tindwell is cold, but he thinks that he finds it amazing how confident she is despite what she went through. Uh, so what do you think it is that Tindwell went through? I was I was originally thinking it was going to be like the, um, what the fuck that shit's called, where they lost, where he, he became a, where, what's his name, became a eunuch. The brain but, programs? Yeah, like, whatever that happens there kind of idea, but... Yeah, we don't really know what happens to women. All we know is what happens to men, because we know. Sazed. They get, they get, they get bred. That's what happens <laughs> to women. 
What kind of bread, though? Sourdough, white. Well, I already knew you were going to use that. God, God, God. <laughs> Fucking ridiculous. So you think she she had to like have Endure. a bunch of kids and stuff? Endure. Yeah. Is that what you think happened to Darkness, or do you think there's something else? I think they did the thing where you just, like, you know, kind of technically disfigure them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then I wouldn't be surprised if they end up using them for pleasure or whatever, but, you know. They end up using what? For their own needs. So, uh, so Tin will notes. Oh, no, man. I'm sorry, <laughs> but, like, this book has me thinking, like, a bunch of dark shit. I know. Yeah, it's... <laughs> it's a dark book. Uh, so Tinwell notes that Say should be doing his duties in the Eastern Dominance near the Burnlands. Say says he was, but now he's here. He says he'll go back to, to that once his greater duties are dealt with, and Tinwell says he's still investigating this foolishness with the Miss. She asks how a man that exemplifies the terrorists so well could defy the Synod like this. Say states that the last time he went against the Synod, he freed their people and helped with the collapse of the final empire, and if he is wrong, then he's wrong about this. Uh, Tinwell frowns, says Sage should be one of their most respected, not a rebel. She takes Sage's hand and looks into his eyes, but he pulls his hand away and she leaves. Uh, so do you think Tinwell will eventually accept that Sage is doing good here, or will she always think that he should be doing his duties instead? Duties instead. I mean, I like the fact that he's doing his own thing, you know? But <laughs> technically it's still his duty, but technically not, you know? Says that that rebel Sage. Yep. Just reel out that guy. With all his piercings and stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I love Sazed. <laughs> uh, so, he, uh, so the next epigraph for chapter 24 is, He commanded kings, and though he sought no empire, he became greater than all who had come before. Uh, so yeah, what do, what do you think uh, this could represent? Any thoughts on this epigraph? Hold on, I'm pulling it up. <laughs> Darkness going in deep on these epigraphs. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be fair, oh, I mean, like... I'm going to be completely shattered if my expectations of who I believe it, you know, it can be mm. now is just completely unrelated, you know, because you think it what is? he, like, what he technically is going through right now is also what, quote unquote, someone very important is going through right now, you know. What do you mean? Ellen. I think it's Ellen. You think Ellen's the hero of ages? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. But I agree with you on that. So. See, see. Mm-hmm. That it works out very well and very uh, oddly. Gay connects too well, which is why I'm <laughs> like, mm, I'm a gay heartbroken at the end of this. <laughs> Mythic, did you have any comments about that epigraph? I mean, my comment was pretty much the same as Darkness is going to be. Yeah. Uh, so we start with Finn's point of view for this chapter. She wonders if the Mist Spirit is responsible for the Mist Deaths. She notes that she can hear with her bronze the Mist Spirit watching nearby, and she can also hear the distant thumping. Vin pulls out a note from Elendi's logbook that mentions the drumming sound that Vin also hears. She had gotten another Alamancer to burn bronze, but they had been unable to hear the sound. Vin worries about the fact that only she and a man long dead could hear this rhythm. What do you think others? Uh, why do you think others cannot hear the thumping in the distance? Repeat the question. Uh, the question was, why do you think no one but Vin can hear this thumping sound? And apparently, a guy who's dead. I mean, a guy who's dead can't hear it anymore. So. Well, why do you think he heard it, and then Vin seems to be the only uh, one yeah. nowadays who can hear it? I think it's because they had a strong level of... Maybe, maybe that dude had a strong level of elements, and he just didn't know it because he never got to, you know, do whatever it is to activate it, you know? Mm. Uh, so we switched to I, things... Hmm? Go ahead. I'm sorry, but if he is an elementer and he just didn't know it at the time, 
I think that's completely coincidence to the fact that he would be the quote-unquote hero of ages. So, like, unrelated. So why do you think then... So you think this, the, them being able to hear that something is unrelated to being a hero of ages then? Possibly, I think so now. I think I think it's more of the fact that they're strong enough to sense the origin of Alamancy itself. Do mm. you have any other thoughts, Mythic? Nope, not really. <laughs> like, <laughs> thumping sounds, it's hard to fucking think of what it could be. I mean, aside from her maybe being, if she was, like, because I'm kind of on that same boat now as, uh, as Darkness, that... They all seem to be pointing a lot more towards Ellen than anybody else, mm. especially especially with the what happened later in the, these chapters. So. Yeah, we'll get to, <laughs> we'll get to <laughs> a few things. Uh, so he switched to Zane's point of view as he waits to keep hasting where his last fight with Vin had been. He had waited here for several nights with no sign of Vin. He worries that he'll eventually be ordered to kill her, that foreshadowing, <laughs> and that he is growing reluctant to do so. He's also worried he may not be able to beat her. Zane wonders if Finn will be the one to be able to give him a reason to finally leave. He puts his needing a reason to his insanity, but knows deep down that he needs someone to rely on, and currently he only has Straff. Uh, so do you think Vin will try to help Zane at some point? Yes, I think they're going to team up. I don't want them to, but it's going to happen. Yeah, it's extremely <laughs> stupid that they're going to do it, but I know they're going to do it. <laughs> uh, so he eventually goes off to find Vin, keeping watch over Ellen, uh, who's keeping watch over Ellen to keep venture. He goes around out of her... Uh, to enhance senses before starting to walk forward. As per usual, she senses him when she shouldn't and jumps. Uh, we go back to Vin's point of view, and Zane tells her he's been waiting at Keep Hasting, and she says she hasn't been in the mood for sparring. She and Oris are both tense as he walks forward and glances down at Ellen's balcony. Zane asks why Vin is worried about Ellen when he uses her, and Vin replies that Ellen doesn't use her. Zane then asks if Vin ever wished for the power to kill men who brutalized her as a child, and Vin said, of course she did, but she had grown as a person. Zane replies that the thoughts of a, chi- of a child's instincts are usually the most honest and natural. Uh, do you agree that Vin should be doing what she would have done as a kid instead of thinking more about things more, I guess, complexly? Say that again. Uh, so, I haven't worded this well. Uh, basically, like, so Zane's basically saying, like, why don't you just, like, do whatever the hell you want with your powers like you would have if you had known about them as a kid instead of, like just protecting Ellen and, like, being hesitant to just use them outright. So, like, do you think he's correct, or do you think Vin's more correct that she should be, like, things are complicated as an adult, and, like, you can't just go around, like, doing whatever the fuck you want. Like, there's there's things that, like, matter more than just, like, selfishly doing yeah, whatever. Yeah, no. <laughs> Zane has that uh, traumatized childhood mentality, <laughs> but Vin has that on a level of, like, I kind of moved on because I got to deal with what's happening now. Yeah. She's also, so unlike Zane, see... been shown that there's, like, actual people who can care about her. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think he needs a hobby. That's what it is. Uh-huh. Uh, hobbies. A hobby other than stalking Vin. That's a pretty good hobby, so I don't know. <laughs> uh, did you have any thoughts there, Mythic? Because, I mean, I-, I agree, he needs a hobby. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> so Zane turns his back to Vin, and Vin drops a coin to see if he trusts her, which she notes he doesn't, as he quickly glances back for a moment. Uh, Zane then asks what Vin would do if using her powers had no constraints or repercussions. She says she doesn't know, although she thinks that she would go north to the thumping. Uh, when Zane seems disappointed with her answer, she replies that she would take down the armies and protect Ellen, but that she can't in reality because the armies would attack, and right now diplomacy may still work. Zane then asks what will happen when Ellen asks her to kill someone. He says Vin is Ellen's toy, just as he is also a toy to Straff. He states that neither of them can break free alone. 
Then Zane then states that they forget the value of coins because they become tools to them. He then leaves and Vin notes that she wants him around because she doesn't get to talk to other Mistborn besides him. She lets him go though because she uh, because of the fact that she wants him to stay. Uh, so what did you think about that overall interaction between Zane and Vin? Oh, Ellen needs to find a new uh, girl because he's about to steal her. <laughs> I I knew that what he said was going to bite her in the ass as soon as possible there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that pissed me off so much. I don't think I actually bring it up later, but I'm kind of curious. Uh, do you think he's like trying to manipulate her on purpose, or is he just so fucked up that he's like honestly like, you can trust no one except another Mistborn. We're the only two people who are alike. They're just mm-hmm. using... Like, do you think yeah, he no, really thinks this way? <laughs> he's just like, that he's, fucked up. He's literally hearing a voice. It's true. He hears God telling him to kill everyone. I'm surprised God wasn't telling him to kill Vin there in his brief point of view. I wonder why. Any thoughts there, Mythic, on their relationship? Kill. Kill. <laughs> kill Vin. Kill her. Kill Ellen. Kill Vin. Kill everyone. Kill yourself. <laughs> well, I don't think that, I don't think God wants him to kill her, himself because then you know he doesn't have anybody to kill. I don't uh, think the evil God that is in the evil God that is in his head. I do not believe wants him to die. He needs him to do his bidding. <laughs> uh, so next we have chapter twenty-five's epigraph, uh, which is he fathered no children, yet all of the land became his progeny. Once again, Ellen. So no kids for Vin and Ellen then, I guess. For now. Just for now. <laughs> after he becomes the hero of ages, he's allowed children. But not not until Actually, after. <laughs> that made me think, like, I'm not sure if... Was it that everyone who has elementary... The, the theory, the theory uh, that they had. Was that everyone who has elementary derived from who was posing as... Well, who was the Lord uh, Ruler? Uh, no, so I believe the stories were like uh there's there's no they don't know for sure because they don't know what happened at the well but the stories that were passed down was that the lord ruler blessed uh his allies with allomancy and all of their oh. children and like generations down well, really that's not allomancy. what happened and something else happened yeah we'll figure that out later i mean we don't know maybe he did maybe he found a way to bless them with allomancy yeah, maybe maybe he went to the well of ascension and got like seven wishes or some shit you know <laughs> One, I wish to rule the world. <laughs> two, two, I wish that the ash wouldn't kill us and make us suffocate. Three, I wish that fucking, I don't know, the, the mist wouldn't come back unless I die. Four, I wish that these people have allomancy. Uh, well. But yeah, so uh, so this chapter, uh, Finn wakes up to Orisur giving a quiet bark, and she quickly goes for a vial of metals and her obsidian daggers. However, it's just Tindwell who states that she wants to take Vin shopping. She tells Vin to bathe and change uh, when she learns that Vin has no uh, servants that help her. Vin says she doesn't take orders, but Tindwell asks if she intends to meet Straff in a shirt and trousers, causing Vin to hesitate. Once Tindwell leaves, Vin thanks Orisur for the warning. As Finn goes downstairs to meet Tindwell, she hears Alrian speaking to her about not wanting to live in borrowed gowns. As she gets into sight of them, she also sees Spook looking sullen. When Vin speaks up, Tindwell explains that Alrian will know current fashions, and Spook is here as a Pac-Man. Mm-hmm. Pac-Man, Spook. <laughs> so Vin asks how Spook got dragged into this, and he said he was up early sneaking food when she found him. Vin then tells him that they are still at war and to keep an eye out. Spook burns tin, allowing Vin to know he isn't the Chondra. Uh, are you glad to hear that Spook isn't the Chondra? Yes. Spook's still alive! It's the real Spook! Oh. You're gonna say something in the darkness? For now. <laughs> 
For now. He's still, <laughs> he's still alive for now. Well, I still believe he's going to lose his fucking eyesight or his hearing or some One of his sense. senses. <laughs> yeah, because... I think he's going to lose his bones now that she, he showed up that, you know, he can use elements. <laughs> Everyone's going to become a chondra one by one. After she clears them, they become a chondra. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, no, think about it. What better way to hide yourself from somebody who already proved their innocence? It's true. Oh, but Conjure can't kill people, so... Who's well, they killing, got them somehow. Who's, who's killing Alamancers? I mean, we find out later that he works with Zane, whoever the... the yep. Spies, so maybe Zane's killing them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so once in the carriage, Alrian begins trying to get Vin into a conversation. She asks if the rumors about Vin are true, such as her killing the Lord Ruler and being rickety and dangerous. Vin wonders if Alrian is trying to provoke her. <laughs> Alrian then asks if Vin... Asks Vin if she grew up far from court, and Vin replies that she is a Scot, not noble. Arian calls Vin a poor thing, and Vin, with her tin enhanced ears, can hear Orizer give a very quiet chuckle. Arian then mentions that Breeze told her he was also half Scot, which I have told you guys is not true, so he's even lying to Arian. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so, what did you think of Arian's thoughts on Vin? At first, when she was like, you poor thing, I cracked up there. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, I was you like, poor, I love poor little I like poor her. Vin. Yeah, in my head, and I know Vin wants to fucking kill this bitch. <laughs> nah, I like her. I think she's awesome. God, I hate Lorian. <laughs> I really don't mind her. How do you? Uh, she just pissed. Like literally from the first sentence, I I saw her on the page. I was like, I hate this bitch. <laughs> I think it's you trying to project what you internally are without yeah. without mm-hmm. like. You know. <laughs> yeah, she's definitely all. She's definitely all Rian. Mm-hmm. Ew, I am not. Yep. Definitely her. No. Mm-hmm. Little prissy, pink-dressed woman, you know. Ew. Uh, once they get to Kenton Street, Vin hops out of the carriage with Orisar. She notes food is going for a premium and worries about the food stores through the winter for Luthadel. The others also get out of the carriage, and Tyndall points out a dress shop, which Alrian hurries off to with Spook following her. I think she, it's also much to hear that Spook will go after anything that smells sweet and, and has uh, boobs, uh, but the, the bathing thing is not necessary. <laughs> So, yeah, he, he's, I guess, a regular teenage boy. Sounds uh, like Honestly, it. same. <laughs> Do they even have to have boobs, though, for you, Darkness? <laughs> you see, that's the thing. If they have, and they're, like, either gender, like, I'm all done. <laughs> Darkness wants everything. <laughs> everything or either. <laughs> Sounds good to me. All right, come on, let's go, Darkness. <laughs> <laughs> um... If they pop up, I'm just going to be like, yes. <laughs> uh, so Vin and Tin will then speak about Aurian a bit, and Tin will tells Vin not to judge Aurian too harshly since she is a product of her upbringing. Vin then says she likes when people judge her as it makes people underestimate her. Tin will then mentions that Vin's friends had said Vin stopped wearing dresses a few months after the collapse, and that they had thought Vin had enjoyed uh, dressing more feminine. Vin says they were right, but that she can't be the person who wears dresses, she needs to be harder. Uh, so do you think it's wrong of Vin to judge Aurian based on her upbringing, or do you think considering... Aurian's age that is like nah she does she can be judged because she is like I don't know her it's her personality I think it's just her bro like, yep. I, what, what can she do about it <laughs> uh, so Tinwin then asks why Vin won't marry Ellen and Vin replies that Ellen should be marrying someone more like Aurian not like herself uh, that Ellen fell in love with her when she was pretending to be more like Aurian Vin says that people are more complicated and asks if Ellen had left Vin when she stopped pretending to be a noblewoman and Vin says no Vin asks if Tinwell is just trying to turn her into a queen for Ellen, and Tinwell says she just wants Vin to be who she is. Uh, so what did you think of Tinwell and Vin's discussion on her potential marriage to Ellen? 
I mean, I, I agree with her. She needs... Finn needs to marry his ass. <laughs> I think... What's her name? Fucking Tumble over here is a fucking gaslighter, bro. <laughs> what do you mean she's a gaslighter? Uh-uh. <laughs> like, she'd be, she'd be manipulating people in all fucking sorts of ways. Oh my gosh. Uh, so Vin then tries on, uh, goes into the dress shop and tries on a blue gown with white lace. She thinks that she and Ellen never got to dance at any of the balls he had always wiggled out of it. The dressmaker and Tinwell compliment Vin on how gracefully she moves in the dress. Vin then goes over to Tinwell and asks why she's being so nice to her but is mean to Ellen. Tinwell replies that Ellen grew up as a pampered nobleman while Vin has likely gone through enough harshness in her life. The dressmaker then comes back to discuss alterations with Tindwell. When the dressmaker finds out who Vin is, he seems worried he offended her, but she insists he didn't. Spook then comes over and says they've been found by the people. Vin begins uh, trying to think of a way to get away, but Tindwell suggests she goes out to talk to them. Alrian says Vin has a mysterious reputation because she hides and doesn't go out normally. She also apologizes, uh-huh. <laughs> she also apologizes for sounding a bit rude when she says Vin is more ordinary than people think. Uh... Which is, like, one of the few lines where I'm like, oh, she seems kind of genuinely nice there. She's like, oh, shit, that that sounded kind of rude, didn't it? (laughs) Uh, Vin says she doesn't want to be worshipped, and Tinwell replies that she doesn't get a choice. Uh, So do you agree that Vin needs to stop hiding from the people who worship her? Yes. Yeah, otherwise Sasha's gonna be queen. (laughs) Uh, So Orion takes Vin's arm and they go outside. Orisar is waiting by the door. Orion hesitates when she sees how big the crowd is. Finn slips her arm away from Alrian and soothes the crowd a bit as she steps forward. She thought the Church of the Survivor was small, but this crowd was quite large. An older man asks what will become of them, and Vin says they'll be okay and can outlast the siege. Some of the people start to question if Ellen will give over the city to his father, and Vin tells them that he won't. When they continue to get upset, she shouts at them to stop and pushes on their, met- on their metal slightly. She insists that nothing bad will be said of the king as he is a good man and a good leader. One of the people says they're frightened, and Vin replies that Ellen and her will protect them. Once the crowd disperses, Vin says to Tinwell that she lied, but Tinwell says she was just being optimistic. Uh, so, who do you agree with? Do you agree that Vin shouldn't be lying, and that she kind of lied to them, or do you agree with Tinwell that she was just trying to be optimistic and give them hope? Domestic. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of... I was on and off about this part. Because mm-hmm. of my earlier thoughts on Killsuit's plan. You know, with the army mm-hmm, or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, like, they're gonna die anyway, so... Yeah, everybody dies. Yeah. Uh, so Tinwell then goes to Alrian to finish her fitting, as Vin hears war drums as she hurries to change out of the dress she was wearing. We switch to Ellen's point of view as he, uh, on the walls of Luthadel. The men are on the wall... The men... I can't speak. The men on the wall are in chaos, and Ellen sees thousands of Straff's men rushing Tin Gate, where Ellen was currently at, as well as others oh. going towards Pewter Gate. Ellen doesn't understand why Straff is attacking. Arrows and coins, uh, meaning Straff has alamancers below, flew up towards the men on the wall. Down below, there are also men with a battering ram being protected by men with shields, and Ellen assumes the men with the battering ram are thugs. Hooks are pushed upwards onto the wall by the alamancers below, and Ellen can hear the thugs battering against Tin Gate. Suddenly, Vin was there, pushing away arrows and coins so that men on the battle, or so that men on the wall could unlatch the hooks that had been thrown up. Clubs shouts for Vin to wait suddenly, and as he does, Ellen knows his Straff army retreating. Clubs tells them that it was just a test. Ellen notes that they likely failed the test, and Clubs says they did much worse than they should have. Ellen then thinks that this is a way for Straff to tell Ellen he can take the city at any time. Uh, so what did you think with the test that Straff did against them? Militarily? That's pretty good. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it was smart, but I also think hella backfired. And it, you know, it will. But an overconfidence issue. <laughs> Oh, yeah, definitely gonna. He's definitely gonna be overconfident. That's for sure. 
I mean, it's Straff we're talking about. Mm-hmm. He thinks he's better than everyone. Which he is, but, you know, no, it's not. <laughs> uh, so chapter 26 is epigraph. Uh, he was forced into war by a misunderstanding and always claimed he was no warrior, yet he came to mm-hmm. fight as well as any man. Who do you think will be forced into war by misunderstanding? Alan. <laughs> Everything still fits, Ellen? Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, Which means with... it's not Ellen, but, you know, whatever. That's what I, yep. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That's how with... I was like, <laughs> I'm sorry, but at that point, that's how I was like, mm, I'm nervous it's not going to be Ellen, but, you know. Mm. It's not going to be I'm Ellen. Expected. It's really not. It's just not going to be Ellen. I just don't have any reason for it to be anybody else. Ellen's going <laughs> to be the Elendi, though. And then Vin's going to be the Lord Ruler. Oh, Vin's going to be Rashek. But wasn't Spook the Pac-Man carrying around the dresses? Uh-huh. <laughs> Spook will be Rashek. Uh-huh. No, Spook will be the one that gets stabbed. Oh, he's going to be the one who's like, ooh, Metal Lake. Damn it, Dad. Slash your eyes out. <laughs> so we start with Vin unpacking her dress as Oriser tells her that he thinks this is a bad idea. Oriser mentions, wa- uh, mentions the wall attack and Vin says it was just a test. Although she thinks about how it had caused a lot of chaos in the city, and the assembly was quite upset. Then Oriser mentions that aside from the attack, he had studied noblemen when becoming Lord Renault, and Straff was particularly harsh. Uh, Vin thinks that Oriser's argument is logical, but she was coming to agree with Ellen's decision to go meet with Straff in his camp. Straff had to see them as weak to feel like he's winning. Uh, so were you surprised that Oriser kind of gave his opinion here? Because usually he's like, do you want my opinion? My, I can agree with your opinions. She's usually kind of more sassy about it than just openly giving opinions. Nothing what exactly did he say again? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was asking what exactly did he say again? Well, he said that the go- going to Straff's camp was a bad idea, and that he like knew of Straff and how harsh he was because of his time studying nobles as Lord Renault. Mm. So like he like kind of unprompted was oh. like, this is a bad idea. <laughs> No. The thing with him, though, is that my opinion of him keeps going up and down because I keep getting <laughs> suspicious. Suspicious like, of what? I'm waiting for that moment where he strikes back, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, me too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what were you going to say, Mythic? I don't remember. Did you have any thoughts about Oriser giving an opinion? I remember. But, uh, I mean, honestly, I, I, I believe... He's right, so mm. stupid to go there. I mean, they didn't die, we find out. <laughs> oh, yeah, but, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Vin then finishes getting dressed, and she moves and jumps a bit in the dress. She notes it is much lighter than a normal dress. She asks Oriser what he thinks, and he says it's nice, but the dresses like that are a bit ridiculous. Vin says he thinks that because he's a male chondra, and he asks how she can tell, since gender is hard to tell, when their forms are fluid, and Vin replies that she can tell. Uh, so do you agree okay. that it's obvious Oriser is male? Uh, whether that's... No. I really don't think it should be. I was going to say, like, do you do you think it's when she says male, like, is he are Chandra actually like male or female, no. or is it more of like a gender no. identity? What they I think it's I think it's fluid. I think all genders fluid, but it's fluid. So you think it's more of what they what they kind of like feel represents them more than like a they actually have like actual sexes. I don't, I don't think they have a gender. Finn then puts on uh, a sapphire bracelet and some hair clips that are made of wood instead of metal. The only metal in her is some vials and the one earring that Kelsier had told her to keep in case of emergencies. Uh, Oriser then notes a piece of paper that fell out of the dress box. Oh, sorry, did you say something? No, sorry, I was yawning. Oh, okay. Uh, Vin reads it and mentions places to hide daggers and metal vials. 
Bracer then asks when they're leaving, and Finn mentions leaving him behind and is disappointed when he doesn't object. Uh, do you think Oracer is disappointed he's not going? Yes. Yeah, because technically he wouldn't be fulfilling his like you know his little contract shit. I think Getting he also. Put. I think he also likes Finn, like you know, as a friend kind of idea. You think he's he's well, warmed yeah. up to her? Mm-hmm. It's her future bones. You know? <laughs> he's like I'm. He's like I really like this person. I can't wait till I become her one day. <laughs> yeah. Just think about it. She pulls a Kelsier. Oh my gosh. Uh, so we switch to Ellen's point of view as he talks with Ham. Ham wants to pretend to be a coachman who brings Ellen and Ben, but Ellen states he doesn't want to worry about another person if things go wrong, and that Ham by himself won't make a big difference compared to the huge army that they'll be surrounded by. I Ellen then think asks, Ham would make a, I think Ham would make a difference. I don't know. I think I if think things Ham went wrong, they'd all just die. <laughs> I think Ham could take on the entire army by himself. I don't think he could. <laughs> yeah, I think Ham's the fucking badass. Think about it. Like, what if they're really, really hungry? Because oh we're moving God. on. Uh, Ellen then asks for Ham to call him Ellen instead of L, which Ham is fine by. He notes it isn't your majesty like Tenwell wants, but it's better than a nickname. Duxon then comes in with a note from the assembly who are upset that he's going to be missing a meeting tonight, which uh, I, I forgot to write it down, but I think they like changed the night of the meeting, which is why he's like, they can't be mad if they changed the meeting Yeah, night. they did it one day earlier. Yeah, which I wonder why they did it while he was gone. <laughs> uh, so then Vin comes out in a dress, and Ham says he had expected Vin to go meet Straff in a shirt and trousers. Ellen then calls Vin gorgeous and tries to kiss her, but Vin stops him because he'll mess up her makeup. Uh, so do you think, uh, concerning what we know about what happens at the assembly, do you think Ellen should have maybe like had like a proxy or someone at the assembly in his stead? Yeah. <laughs> Like you think there should be something like himself. you think there should have been something like in in the laws that say like you can appoint someone to vote in your place and like represent you if you can't make it. Honestly, I completely forgot proxies were a thing. So I was like, you know what? If you're gonna make it, you know that's the only issue. You know? <laughs> uh, so we skip to Ellen and Ben in Straff's carriage, leaving Lucidel and going towards Straff's camp. Ellen thinks about how since the collapse, Straff has made the most stable empire. He notes that his father knows how to get what he wants. Vin then notes that Ellen looks worried, but he says he isn't because Vin is worth an army. He then gestures for Vin to come over to him, which she does, but tells him not to mess up her hair or makeup. He then says the dress looks good on her, but Vin says that the dress is a lie. Ellen says different clothing also makes him feel different, and he says if wearing dresses feels wrong to her, then he's fine with that. Vin then gives him a kiss and says she's allowed to because Mistborn are more precise. Uh, Ellen then mentions that everyone expects a king when he wears the clothing Tenwell got him. Ben says everyone expects a lady when she wears dresses and is disappointed when they find just her. Ellen says anyone who is disappointed in Vin are too dense to be relevant. <laughs> I don't know. It's a sweet moment. No, I think it was I think it was Vin showing her dumb side. What? <laughs> yeah, she's like, no, 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 you can't kiss me. I'll kiss you. Oh my gosh. Hmm. I'm motherfucker. Ooh. Next thing you know, there's gonna be chains involved, the little elements oh, here and there. Gosh. Anyway. Oh. Ellen then says that she should wear what she likes and that clothing just gets different reactions from people and it's about accepting those reactions and being confident yourself while wearing them no matter what people expect of you. Uh, they then switch to talking about Straff and Ellen mentions that his father likes brothels and he likely enjoys the power of knowing the Ska girls will get killed because of his passion. Lovely. Uh, he also mentions that he keeps several dozen mistresses from the lesser nobility who get removed if they displease him. Uh, so what do you think about Ellen's uh, views on Straff? Like, this is how he describes his father. <laughs> Pretty much how it is. Perfect father. 
Maybe he's the best father we've had so far. I know, right? He's he's definitely father of the year, right, guys? And he even came back for his son. Like, <laughs> oh gosh, Ben. Obviously, he cares about his son. So, uh, Ben says she has known crew leaders like that, and she would usually act unimportant around them, uh, never giving them reason to challenge her. She tells Ellen to act like Straff is bullying him into things, as he will like that. As they get into the war camp, Ben points out an obligator. Ellen thinks that uh, that is how Straff is administering the, the army because he doesn't think Straff would know how to do it himself. Ellen mentions that Straff likely uh, likes powerful tools like Chondra and Alamancers and apparently obligators. Uh, so once the carriage stops, Ben and Ellen meet with Straff. Straff says Ellen was stupid for coming and he could kill him easily. Ellen replies that Straff could have taken the city and killed him months ago. Straff hesitates and Ellen says they came to eat dinner and discuss things that will be important to Straff. So Straff orders a servant to tell the chef there'll be three of them for dinner, and then he, he then asks about Vin and says to tell Vin to stop soothing him. They go inside and sit down, and Ska's servants in ragged clothing and bruises bring in the dining table. Straff makes and a comment. Bruises. Yep. Straff makes a comment about not letting a Ska like Vin wear a dress like hers, and it's kind of implied that he's like, I wouldn't let you wear anything. Uh, so when you first read this, did you realize Vin was caught soothing on purpose? No. I first I read was, it, no. I think he was. Oh, well, I thought he was just. Uh... That good at sensing it. But no, she apparently got caught on purpose to seem, like, weak and easily caught. Uh, so Ellen thinks that Breeze had told him that Vin was quite good at soothing, so he assumes that Vin had wanted Straff to feel her soothing him. He can tell Straff easily dismisses Vin now, even though he must have been told that she was quite dangerous. Straff then calls for someone to get Hosel, before asking why Ellen is here. Ellen says he is here for an alliance, but Straff says he doesn't need an alliance and that Set is of little concern. Ellen insists they attack first before he gives over his walls to Straff, and Straff asks why Ellen is so eager. Ellen says that he wants to prove that he wasn't a, co a complete buffoon by making an allied attack against Set before handing over the city. However, Straff does not go for this. Uh, so did you think that Ellen's attempt here was a, was a good plan? Wait, he made an attempt? <laughs> yeah, he made an attempt to, to I like... I have noted. <laughs> yeah, I didn't notice either. Okay. Uh, Ellen tries to bring up the ATM next, saying he didn't want to spend it, as it would just bring sharks, and also it would go against the rumors they had created that they didn't have it. Roselle then enters. She is around 15 and is wearing a low-cut dress, implying her relationship with Straff. She also has some similar features as Vin, a statement to Ellen saying he can get one just like Vin, but younger and prettier. So what did you think of Straff bringing in Roselle? They should have put Horzel. They should have named her Horzel. Oh, <laughs> damn. God. They should have gotten oyster. I wanted to say that all fucking week. And, like, suck Ellen's bones dry or whatever. And then send oyster oh, instead. Send? Oh, they send want Send oyster is Ellen. You want to yeah. suck his bones? Oh, God. Yeah. But, like, um. <laughs> I, knew, I knew the VU changed you. Anyway, <laughs> we don't talk about that line of work. Um. Uh... So, I'm pretty sure that would have been so much better, you know. A husband she can mold, somebody good at politics, you know. Mm -hmm. A real key. Hey, good at what? Politics. A politics? Politics? Hey, sure yeah, you sure that's politics? Oh, excuse me, I have an accent, considering that I speak a different language, but okay. Uh, so Strathlin says he wants the ATM first, and Ben speaks up, saying they don't have it. Ellen trusts her instincts and lets her speak. He thinks that he needs to act weak and states that Vin doesn't know what she is talking about and that they do have the ATM. Straff states that they really have nothing to offer before sending off Hazel and telling Vin to leave the tent as well. Vin glances at Ellen for confirmation before stating she'll wait right outside the tent. 
And then we get our final epigraph, which is, he was no simple soldier. He was a force of leadership, a man that fate itself seemed to support. Still, Elland? Was it again? Sorry. Uh, it was, he was no simple soldier. He was a force of leadership, a man that fate itself seemed to support. Still, Elland. Do you have a, a second place idea? I wasn't sure you guys would be so confident. I was I was expecting more discussion around the epigraphs. Oh, all right. I'm sorry. I know. I know, I know who it, who else it could be. Who? It could be your friend. My friend? Mm-hmm. The one you love so much. Oh. Mm-hmm. It's her. It's definitely oh, her. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. It's definitely who I want it to be. Figured as much. It's definitely Straff Venture. That's who the hero of Ages is. It's Straff? Wow. It's definitely Straff. Damn. I think it's Nightblood. <laughs> oh, actually, yeah, that's a good idea. I think that I think that too. That's, okay. that's fine. That's I agree, good. I agree. It's definitely Nightblood. Oops, I gave it away. Well, no, I spoiled it. Well, I mean, you spoiled other stuff, like, you know, yeah. Electrum. I didn't um, mean to! Uh-huh. I literally thought that was the name of the metal. Mm-hmm. Sure you did. Uh, anyways, so we have uh, Ellen's point of view as he and Straff speak in private over dinner. Straff says he is close to having Ellen killed, and Ellen states to Straff would gain nothing from that, as he'd have to take down Set on his own. Straff, however, says Ellen is wrong. As the next leader of Luthadel, he would be more accommodating as he has interest in the city. Plus, Set and him have a treaty already. They had agreed to split what what is in Luthadel, and then he gets the east and south, while Set gets the west and north. Were you surprised that Set and Straff had already made a treaty? At all. Also, I don't believe it. So. I, yeah, I didn't believe it when he first mentioned that. I was like, he's bluffing. Mm. Uh-huh. Uh, so Ellen then brings up the Kolos army, which makes Straff pause. Ellen tries to insist on letting him fight Set again, but Straff refuses. He says he'll take his chance with Set. Straff says that if he hadn't left a year ago, it would be him on the throne, not Ellen, and that Ellen isn't leaving his camp tonight. <laughs> Do you think Straff would really have been able to take the throne <laughs> if he had stayed? Nope, not at all. Honestly, I don't think he would have fucking lived. Yeah, I bet I there would have been enough ska angry at him. Yeah. Uh huh. Also, I know this is like we already kind of talked about this. Mm-hmm. The like the more I listen to this again, the more I think that even if there are things fighting against this theory, that uh fucking rainy bitch or whatever her name is, Tindra? No, the fucking weather bitch. Alrian. There you go. Is it? Yeah. I mean, Alrian. her dad. Her dad has the technically the the name Ashweather. Okay, yeah, they're all weather-based. But, but they're all weather-based, yeah. <laughs> all rain. Uh, I think that could be a conjure. Like, the conjure that we're talking about. Arian? Yeah, because let's say that they did, quote-unquote, have this, like, alliance, right? Mm-hmm. What if it's not an alliance? And, like, you know, has this, like, power over him because of, quote-unquote, the daughter he has. Maybe that. But I was, I was more focused on the fact that, um... Why would he bring his daughter into the war, right? Yeah. Like, onto the battlefield. Other than for her to either be a spy in the conjure base, or she's already conjured at that mm. point. Interesting. Yeah, so it's either, like, heavy spy or conjure. She's my second choice, as, like, <laughs> you had uh, asked for it before. So, Ellen, uh, oh, I read that part. Uh, so, really? Ellen brings you up... You lost where we were? Yeah, did you lost where we were? I did. So, Ellen tries to insist on letting him fight Set again, but Set... Uh, I read that. Straff says he hadn't left. Oh yeah, here we go. So Straff then says that Ellen had impressed him and that he will let him live, but Ellen is to hand over Luthadel without fighting Set. They will go to the city together tomorrow, and Straff will take control of the city, and if Ellen stays in line, he'll be named heir again. 
Ellen says they can't do that as the guards won't let Straff in as they'll think Ellen is being forced to let Straff inside. He needs to attack Set first, but Straff gets upset and calls Ellen a smooth talker. He says Ellen will die and he'll take the city by force. Ellen says Set will just attack him from behind, but Straff says he has to take that chance and the Scar was supposed to kill Ellen. Uh, so were, were you surprised by the sudden turn like that? I, you know, I'm going to be honest, I did not like this part at all. Like, specifically because this could turn on always. Like, their own arguments could be used against them, and I'm just like, okay. So y'all just chilling, trying to throw each other, you know, ideas when they can backfire so easily. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I was never big into this stuff, so. You know, but the next chapter, you know. I mean, this is the last chapter we did. I mean, the last chapter. <laughs> <laughs> So you, mean the previ- you mean the previous chapter? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah okay. like the last chapter. Right? Mm-hmm. Not the last one before this. English. Previous. The last one. I see. Uh, so, we, <laughs> so we switched to Vin's... Uh, oh, wait. I missed a paragraph. So Ellen states that Straff never intended to let him live, and Straff agrees and says he'll take Vin tonight. Ellen then begins laughing and begins insulting Straff, saying that he's disgusting, barely competent, and the Lord Ruler's death is the only thing that saved him in their house. He says that Straff will be a terrible king, and that although the Lord Ruler was a tyrant, he at least was a genius. Straff will die with a knife in the back. Ellen then looks up into Straff's eyes and says, if Straff kills him, he'll die too. Uh, so were you surprised by this sudden turn, Ellen, how he suddenly went, like, from, like, being like, no, no, we need to attack Set, we have to attack Set, to being like, fuck you, Dad. You're a disgusting monster. What he does next pisses me off with the whole Vin thing. I think Zane's getting to you, too. <laughs> no, it's, it's not that I think he's right, or like, you know, or whatever. No, I just feel like you just shouldn't use somebody's name like that, regardless. Especially if they didn't even talk about it beforehand, but whatever. Mythic, what do you think about Ellen's uh, insulting of Straff? <laughs> Uh, need some work. <laughs> uh, so we switched to Vin's point of view outside the tent. When the soldiers had rushed into the tent, Vin had moved around to the north side of the tent to watch the forms inside. She has her daggers ready, but waits as Ellen suddenly seems confident. Inside the tent, Ellen tells Straff that he didn't come here to negotiate, but instead to get Vin into the center of Straff's camp. Straff laughs at that, but Ellen tells him that Vin looked weak on purpose. Vin grins at Ellen's plan and riots Straff's anger. So Straff gasps as Ellen begins to list emotions, and Vin riots or soothes in response. She then extinguishes everything but her brass and uses Duralumin to soothe all of Straff's emotions down. Ellen states that if Straff kills him, Vin will kill Straff. Uh, so did you like how Vin used her powers on Straff? Yeah. I thought it was cool that she was, like, you know, manipulating his ass like that, or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't understand her, because... She liked the fact that it was happening, but she also didn't after, you know. I think she likes oh. the whole soothing rioting part of it, but she doesn't like it when he's, he's, what he says later, when he's like, she'll kill you, she'll kill your guards, she'll kill your whole army. <laughs> she'll kill you. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't know. This whole situation just, you know, shouldn't have happened. Uh, so suddenly Zane appears. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Mythic. No, oh, you're good. Uh, suddenly Zane appears, and Vin keeps an eye on him while still listening to Straff and Ellen. Ellen tells Straff that he doesn't care if he dies, and he thinks Luthadel can hold out against Set's smaller army. He tells Straff that not only will he die, but his generals and obligators. Zane asks Vin why they always have to be the knives at people's throats. Inside the tent, Straff says he has his own Mistborn, but Ellen asks why he hasn't attacked Vin yet then. Zane says to Vin that she had said Ellen wouldn't treat her like a tool, and Vin replies that Ellen is just bluffing. 
Finn insists that Ellen isn't using her. Zane asks if Ellen can understand the mess, understand her. Finn replies that Ellen loves her and that he is a good man. Uh, do you think Zane's starting to get to Vin? Yep. Do you think what? Zane is starting to get to Vin, like... Yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, obviously, after, like... Yeah. Uh, so Zane then points at the stars in the sky, and Vin gasps and swears by the Lord Ruler as she sees white scars on Zane's arm. She assumes that Zane was at the pits of Hathen, and he just says that he understands her before jumping off into the mist. Inside the tent, Strap tells Ellen to leave. So do you think Zane was actually sent to the pits, or are those just his fucking... Uh, cutting scars. His cutting scars. Emo Zane. He is a bit emo. Uh, so we go back to Straff's point of view as the carriage with Ellen and Vin drives away. Straff thinks that no Alamancer could be that powerful, but Zane respects her and everyone says she killed the Lord Ruler. He notes that the Conjurer spy had given him the information about the meeting and that Ellen's initial plan would likely have worked if the spy hadn't given him that information. Uh, so Ellen does know his dad. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I, I guess what I thought was ridiculous. Yeah, he, he knows his dad. His dad's overconfident. He would have believed it. <laughs> uh, so Zane then comes up to Straff, and Straff asks if there had been other Mistborn out there. Zane says no, and that Vin really is that strong. Straff then insists that Zane needs to kill Vin. He says that they have no ATM, but then consider or yeah, that Vin has no ATM, but then considers whether he believes that. Zane asks if they'll attack the city, but Straff thinks that he can't attack until Vin is dead. Uh, are you concerned that Straff is so insistent that Vin dies now? Well, he's a good plan. Yeah, it's a good plan. It would be the fucking ruin of his his reign of terror, so... I would have gone for her, too, the fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would have gone for her long before this. Well, again, Straff, exactly. Straff doesn't think very highly of women, especially Skull women. He's like, eh, she's just like a little tiny girl that I can uh, force myself onto. Squash. Oh, uh, yeah, no, it was pretty much women that took. <laughs> Uh, she might be getting a little old for him now, though. I think she is, like, 18, 19 now. I mean, oh, he, said, he said mid-20s. Yeah, I think he said that's pushing it, though, and that's... is it, I think that might only be if, like, they're giving him children. I don't think... It's Vin, Vin's a Scott. He's obviously going to kill her afterwards. He finds power in that, we've learned. So, Zane then comes up to... Uh, oh, Zane then says he'll need a strike team of Alamancers for help. He thinks that most... People thought that Straff having so many mistresses was just because of his lust, but he'd been gaining an army of mistings, even though Zane was the only mistborn. Straff says he'll give him the team, and Zane replies that they might not all survive, but Straff says he doesn't care. Just kill Vin. Uh, so first of all, were you surprised that Straff had so many children? Not at all. To be fair, they've all been failures, so I can see why. <laughs> Ellen's got a whole fucking army of siblings he doesn't know about. What if they're all the Hero of Ages? <laughs> uh, my other question was, what do you think about the fact that he's so willing to let his children die just to kill Vin? Oh my god. I mean, he, doesn't, he obviously doesn't care about them as it is, so... That, that army of children is the fucking deepness. You think yeah. the army of mistings is the deepness? Damn. Yeah. I think you're too deep in the sauce. <laughs> no, don't say that. You should uh, change your name from darkness to deepness. <laughs> Sauceness. Oh, gosh. Uh, so Straff then calls for Hosel, wanting to bed her tonight because she looks like Vin and it makes him feel in control. Which, ew. Uh, we then switch to Ellen's point of view, and he's excited that he's alive and Straff is leaving the city alone for the moment. Ellen tells Vin excitedly that they did it, but Vin seem just seems quiet. He frowns and says it's all because of her. She says it's because she killed the Lord Ruler, but that everything had been Kelsier's plan and the crew's skills. 
She just held the knife. He says she's a, she's a fantastic alamancer and that no one in the final empire is like her. Ben doesn't seem happier about that, and Ellen asks what's wrong. Ben, however, forces a smile and says that Ellen did great against Straff. Um, so yeah, Ben's ben being a little moody. She's not happy. Yeah, she's on her period. So wow. annoying, because communication <laughs> is key here, and you're not doing it, you know? Like... <laughs> Ellen's trying his best, and Ben's, Ben's not communicating why she's upset. He's like, tell me what's wrong, please. I want, I want to know. I'm trying to like compliment you. Just, isn't that just like a relationship, though? <laughs> like, That's why her father left her. Yeah, true, true. Uh, so they get back into the city, and the crew is waiting for them. Ham- I was wondering why Kelsier left her. Oh God. Uh, Ham asks if the plan worked, and Ellen says the initial feint didn't work, but he told his father he would kill him. He says that they overlooked their greatest weapon, Vin, which I'm sure is exactly what Vin wants to hear. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Breeze asks if he really went into the camp of the strongest king in the final empire and threatened him, and then says that it was brilliant. Breeze is super impressed. <laughs> He's like, "God damn, that's awesome, dude." Uh-huh. Uh, when Ellen notices something is still wrong with Finn, he thinks that uh, she had thought of a better way to handle the situation, but just wasn't saying anything to not spoil his enthusiasm. Uh, Spook jokes that he had been looking forward to trying to be king, but it seems they won't need a new one. Breeze uh-huh. says. <laughs> Because, yeah, Spook's definitely next in line to be king, that's for sure. No, because I actually thought about it, and I was like, you know, I kind of want to see that. <laughs> I want everyone to speak that Western yes. Street yes. slang. Eastern, yes. street, Eastern slang. street slang. Eastern street slang. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Breeze then suggests they celebrate back at the castle. They then get in the carriages to go back to Keep Venture, and surprisingly, oh. Dachshund gets into the same carriage as Ellen. He hands uh-huh. Ellen a sealed envelope from the assembly and says he doesn't know what it says, but he heard rumors already. Ellen reads the letter and it states that by unanimous vote, they have disposed him of his position as king due to a no-confidence vote as they need a different type of leadership in their current situation. So yeah, how'd you one expect- that's going to just give up. How do you expect this from the assembly meeting that he missed? Yes, 100%. <laughs> I knew they were going to pull something, but I didn't think they were going to essentially dethrone him. Hmm. Essentially, no, there ain't no essentially about it. They're dethroning <laughs> this motherfucker 100%. I think it's we perfect. don't know yet because Finn can get us like mad and shit and then go Hulk smash on their ass. Or whatever. I mean, her whole yeah, thing like, is she doesn't that. want to do that right now, yeah, but, but like, she's probably change. going to. That won't change anything. He set up a whole bit like a whole government set up this way. Yeah, he's so probably gonna tell her not to. to. Yeah, he needs to, <laughs> yeah, needs well, to abide by this. She knows she's going to become the new Lord Ruler, so... Mm. she doesn't. Yes, she does. Nope. Uh, so, that was our final chapter, so I have just a couple overview questions. Uh, first of all is, what do you think is going to happen now that Ellen is no longer king? He's going to go seek out that fucking well of ascension shit, bro. And then he's going to get power, and then he's going to come back, he's going to be like, I bitches, it's my city again, you know? I'm going to go figure... Yeah, he's going to go figure out how to be a king. Oh, I mean, I don't know about that. But. Mm-hmm. And my next question was, what do you think is going to happen with this Koloss army? Because nothing really They're going happened. to murder everyone. <laughs> nothing really happened this episode with it. They're just kind of sitting a little, a few days away or something by travel. Murder, murder. I'm going to be honest, I just put them to the side. But, <laughs> just forgot I mean, about the Koloss. It's, I didn't forget about them. I just, I figured they would stay there forever. Um, I thought we had, like, settled with, they're gonna attack the armies, no? Well, yeah. I th- we're not sure what they're doing yet. 
That's what I said. That's J- how they're gonna come J- in here. Jaycees is just kind of yeah. Jaycees is just kind of holding them like a like a I think it was like a few days or like a week away from the other two armies. He's kind of just camped there at the moment. I don't think he ever told Sage what he was doing. He just said like, "Tell Ellen that uh, he's gonna do this." No, stuff. I meant like theory wise. That's what we oh, got okay. settled on. Yeah, yeah. My thought is still that they show up and murder everyone in both armies. Um, but yeah. So then, did you guys have any other theories that you wanted to discuss? Yep, the Colossus are gonna become human again someday. I forgot, but I had a I had an Inquisitor uh, theory. Oh. Like a steel we haven't talked about and them I... in a while. Marsh hasn't shown up in a bit. Yeah, I was gonna say we can't just like let him be because they're gonna be pulling up with the fucking stupidest bullshit ever. But do you, do you think Marsh is gonna come back sometime? We are switching parts now. Do you think he's gonna come back at some part time in part three? I think that they do have a big part. So yeah, I don't I don't necessarily think that Marsh is gonna come back. But you think the Inquisitors are gonna come back? Yeah, that's for sure. What if he? <laughs> What if Vin and Ellen leave, right? Go do that mm-hmm. quest. Meet up with Marsha the Inquisitors or whatever. Get their own little army going. Come back, you know? You the Inquisitors would work with them? I mean, what other choice do they have? What if they learned something, you know? And they're mm. like, you know what? Maybe we should side with them. They're like, Vin is the new Lord Ruler or whatever. <laughs> you have any other thoughts, Mythic? <laughs> I was saying, did you have any other theories, Mythic? Theories? No. No? No thoughts on what might happen in part three yeah he's gonna become an actual king i mean it's called the king right That's i was gonna say I, I was gonna yeah. reveal that i don't think darkness has read that yet so yeah the next part oh, uh oh. is just called king well that's i only know that because like yeah you're thinking when I, when, yeah yeah sometimes it goes above or it, past yeah, it's, it it's hard like, to stop the audiobook before <laughs> yeah i usually wait till it says chapter blah, 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 and i go oh shit, turn it off yeah so yeah part three darkness is is called king so that could mean Ellen, or it could be about whoever is taking Ellen's place. We don't know yet. Do you have any idea of who they're going to replace Ellen with? Can you read the next epigraph? I mean, I can if you want. I mean, uh, I already know it. We can briefly discuss it if you want to know it for your theories, Darkness. I just, I just want to know what it says. It says it's not long, is it? No, it's a short one. Not it's really. Two, yeah. two okay. sentences. I just want to know what it is. Yeah. Uh, it says he left ruin in his wake, but it was forgotten. He created kingdoms and then destroyed them as he made the world anew. So oh. It's a more intense one, I feel like, than the other ones. Uh, and I think that's actually the last one about the uh, about the, the thoughts on uh, the Hero of Ages. It, go, it goes back to Quan just, like, rambling again, I think, after that chapter. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's chapter 28's epigraph, and chapter 29 it goes back to Quan talking instead of listing things. So that will be all you get for the moment. Alrighty. Uh, so, yeah, I so next... that's all my theories, yeah. <laughs> so next week we will be going through chapters 28 okay yeah so we'll, we'll have to figure out because again we can't do our normal time again next week but we, we can discuss that in chat if we're going to do it like this again or if we're going to just skip a week we can talk about that later but the next episode <laughs> will be go. chapters 28 to 33 that will be okay. our next one well, so yeah so thank you to everyone who is listening or watching? We really appreciate it, and we have gotten to over a thousand. We've gone to over a thousand plays on Spotify. Thank you guys so much, and yeah, bye. Bye.